Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Justin Cradell with Montel Watches to the show. But before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, The Tom James Company, Edward Jones, and Go Brand Go. And now to this week's episode with Justin. Justin Crotel, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. Yeah, Brian, thank you so much for having me, and it's great to be here. Absolutely. Why? Well, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Actually, I we got introduced by Zach Joyner, and I've uh, known Zach, uh, honestly, since I was in preschool. We've known each other a long time. My dad, well, we grew up in Edwardsville together. My dad was a barber in Edwardsville and uh, cut his father's hair for a long time, and so um, know him well, but I'm excited to kind of dive in with you today. I, I've always been a big watch guy, and so when he introduced me, I was like, well, heck yeah, I want to talk to this guy. I had no clue yeah. that you guys, you know, that Monta Watches was uh, even a thing here in St. Louis, and so I'm really, really excited to kind of dive into to your path to that and, and kind of all the ins and outs of owning a watch company. So, Let's uh, let's start and really kind of there. Talk to us about growing up and your path to starting Monta Watches. Um, so similar to to you and Zach, um, kind of Southern Illinois uh, raised, I guess, and um, you know your your classic upbringing with good friends and sports and uh, tight knit family, and you know my parents were always very encouraging in in everything I did, whether it was sports or school or rock collecting or whatever it was, the, the newest thing. And, and watches for me started in second grade. They, uh, I don't remember if it was birthday or Christmas, but for a special occasion, got me a watch and it was a guest watch, uh, like the jeans brand, if you remember yep. them. And, um, it had a rotating bezel and I would sit there in class and spin that. And the teacher would give me dirty looks cause it made that loud <laughs> clicky noise. And that's kind of where the watch passion came from. About that same time, they also gifted me a couple shares of Nike stock because I always had to have the new Air Jordans when they came out. Oh, yeah, me and, too, for sure. Yeah. And that's when the my passion for finance was kind of born at the same time. And so uh, fast forward several years, didn't really care much about watches in high school, was more enamored with finance, trying to get serious about going to college, went to SLU, and then started getting back into watches in college on a you know college kid's budget. And then fast forward, I'm, I'm in finance, I'm at Morgan Stanley, I'm a certified financial planner, and now I'm actually making some money and I can afford my watch collection habit. And so 
uh, went down the rabbit hole, got a couple nice watches. And then in 2013, I want to say 2014, somewhere in that range, I bought a black rubber strap from a company called Everest Horology Products, everestbands.com for my Rolex Submariner. And this is a very long story short, lo and behold, the owner of that company is my now business partner, Michael Demartini here at Monta. And back then it was just him and another guy and an assistant, and they were packing all the orders themselves. And they saw the order coming in from St. Louis. I had no idea they were based in St. Louis. And so he just picked up the phone and called me. And I'll never forget it. It was a Friday afternoon and my wife and I had dinner reservations and Mike and I are just yakking about all kinds of stuff for like half an hour. And she comes into their bedroom. She's like, who are you talking to? And I said, oh, it's this watch guy. He's really cool. Give me a minute. <laughs> and so, so then Mike and I agreed to grab a beer the following week at Schneidhorst, which is no longer here in St. Louis. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. And I remember like it was yesterday. I know exactly what I was wearing, what he was wearing, what we talked about, what watches we looked at, different strap combinations. And we just hit it off, became friends, fast forward another year and a half, two years. And he says one day you should quit finance and come, come do this with me. It'd be a ton of fun. And I thought, yeah, that would be amazing. But I got a growing business and, you know, wife and kids and mortgage and the American dream I'm working on here. And um, fast forward another six to eight months and the timing was just right. And uh, I felt this was the last chance where I could take that kind of risk. I was 34 at the time. And if I fell flat on my face, I have enough time to get back up and make something in myself and kind of going back to, you know, what my parents were always encouraging me to follow my dreams and that kind of thing. And I was talking to my dad one night and um, I kind of formulated this quote uh, to, to remind myself on a daily basis that the pain of regret is greater than the pain of failure. And I knew Mike and I were going to stay friends. And if I saw him start Monta without me and grow this thing and, and I, I, you know, I, I, I of course would, would buy the watches cause I loved what he was doing. Then I would always regret, I mean, I could have been part of that. I could have been behind the scenes and going to Switzerland and talking about design and marketing and meeting our customers and going to fun cities and having dinner parties and which is what we do now. And, um, so, so here I am. So I've, I've got, um, uh, two posters uh, on my wall that have a monopoly theme. And the first one says risk it or lose the chance. And the other one says time is money. And it, it fits together perfectly with my background and what I'm currently doing and, and how I arrived here. Absolutely. What a cool story. But you're 100% correct uh, about, you know, just kind of sitting on the sidelines and having regrets if you don't take the risk. I mean, my, this podcast is a prime example of that as well. Not as not as big of a risk as probably you took, but uh, <laughs> but still, you know, I, I was kind of like, you know, I was talking to my wife when I started this. I was like, I want to do something to highlight these cool people we have in St. Louis. And She's like, but you have no idea what how to do a podcast. I'm like, you're right. I have no idea, but I'll figure it out, you know? That's right. But uh, what a cool story, man. So talk to us about your watch company and, you know, give us the background on it. Sure. So Monta Watch is based here in St. Louis, but we do everything in Switzerland. We follow the Swiss made rules to a T, which are outlined by, you know, basically the Swiss government. And we focus on a, a sport style watch. So it's, it's the everyday watch, but we class it up a bit. So it's got some really nice finishing attention to detail. Everything is about quality. And Mike and I always say that we really make these watches for ourselves. Um, we are two passionate watch guys. We are not two businessmen who saw an opportunity in an industry. And so we have a pretty good um, taste and, and flavor for what, what looks good, what feels good. And so we, we literally kind of design these things for ourselves, but uh, we try not to get too esoteric because you got to sell them. And um, so we've got five models in the collection now. 
Um, like I said, that, that sport watch mode, as, as I like to say, you can take it from the beach to the boardroom. Um, like today I'm, I'm wearing the SkyQuest GMT with, uh, jeans and a t-shirt, but I, you know, equally was wearing this watch with a blazer, uh, Saturday night at, 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 in Dallas for dinner. Um, it's got great water resistance, so you can jump in the shower or the pool, the ocean with it. You don't have to worry about that. So it's really that, that everyday watch that can take you from any setting, uh, you can look good and, and feel confident with it. And, um, and the great thing about watches is the, the people. I always say I like the watches, but I love the people. And, you know, take you, for example, like we we'd probably wouldn't, even though we're in St. Louis uh, metropolitan area, we never would have met. But because of Zach's passion for watches, my passion for watches, your passion for watches, it, it, it brings people together. And it's a great conversation starter in an airport lounge or uh, sitting at the bar waiting for your dinner to start. And, uh, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. And it's a great way to break down barriers and just compliment someone on their watch and, and open up the conversation, whether that's just curiosity or whether you're in sales and you're trying to, you know, network uh, or, or anything else. It's, it's, it's all about the people. Absolutely. Well, I think what's so interesting and is I think watches for men are like almost kind of like purses are for women. Maybe that's a bad comparison, but uh, no, it's a good one. It's, it's similar, you know, like, so my wife, obviously she loves her Louis Vuitton purses and her Gucci purses and all, all those, you know, high end purses. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and I've always, always been a watchman. I bet I have, uh, probably 40 watches in my collection. And now all of those are not high end by any means. Some of them are, you know, like there's a watch brand out there called movement MVMT, yep. you know, they're hundred, hundred fifty dollars a watch, but I, you know, I love them. I love the way they look. Um, you know, I, I, you know, so I have probably three or four of those. I have some Bulova's and I never really got into really expensive watches until um, about two years ago. I bought my first Omega watch, mm-hmm. um, which I really like. Um, and, you know, I got my eye on a Rolex and, and things along those lines. But I think what's so cool about watches is to you, which you're, is to your point is um, they are, they're almost kind of like a, not a statement piece. That's not the right word for it. But if you're sitting at a bar in the airport, let's say you're getting ready to travel and you see somebody next to you that has a Rolex or an Omega or something along those lines, it's a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also can, it, it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but my eye always gets drawn to that. Yeah. Yeah. As, I mean, shoes, cars, watches, wine, cigars, whatever you're into, it's, uh, it's, it's a good common denominator. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about the, the, the watch itself. Um, are you guys competing against Omega Rolex or kind of who would you say is kind of your, your, your competition? I, I think we're kind of competing against everybody in the sense that, you know, if you've got an Omega, you have an eye for quality, you have an eye for design, history, the functionality of the watch. And when people get their hands on a Manta, it's usually a really uh, fun thing to witness because I think they, they probably don't expect it to be as nice as it is. Um, We were at a show in New York in October and everyone who came to the booth said the same thing. Like I've seen you guys on social media. I've, you know, I've seen these YouTube videos. I go to your website twice a week, but I've never got to feel one. And then they're just blown away. So, you know, one of my favorite things about what we do is the comfort of the watch. And, and that falls into a couple categories. It's the size and the proportion it's the feeling of the bracelet or the strap, and it's the adjustability. So we have a quick adjust clasp on every single watch where no tools are required. You can move it 
three spaces on four of the models. And then the Ocean King has six spaces where you can move it. And um, so, you know, throughout the day, especially in St. Louis, when the temperature can change 10, 20 degrees in one day, um, <laughs> you know, you, you have a salty dinner or you gain some weight, you lose some weight. You just want to have that, that comfort. So not only the, the style and the, and the function of the watch, but, but big on the, the comfort and, and functionality of it. And, um, you know, to your, to your question about competition, um, I mean, I can't really say we're competing with Rolex in the sense of their tolerances and, you know, what they have access to with in-house vertical integration. Um, but, you know, we're running with the big dogs when it comes to hands, dials, or our case and bracelet. You know, we, we use Edda and Solita movements, which a lot of other big brands use. Um, so really for, for folks listening that haven't seen one, especially if you're in the St. Louis area, give us a call and just come by and take a look. I love having people in the office and talking watches with them, showing them the collection. And, uh, and then, then I've got another person that, that can vouch for me and say, yeah, I've, I've handled Amanta and it's, it's really impressive. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that. Talk to us about your marketing and how you're getting your brand and your name out there because you're still a fairly new company. Yeah, we're uh, we're coming up on our I guess our six year anniversary in the the beginning of next year, and um, it, it's an interesting time to be answering that question because <laughs> we're, we're we're making a big shift away from Facebook marketing, and uh, we're we're spending the month of December here talking about our 2022 marketing plan, and I've actually got a call later today with a big YouTube personality, and and that's where I think we want to focus on is YouTube. We have a um, a questionnaire after you place a, a, an order on our website, it says one of those things like, tell us how you heard about us. And it gives you a couple options. And the vast majority of those are YouTube. So really? you've got, yeah, you've got these watch reviewers out there who post like a video a day, you know, where it's them in front of a camera with the watch on their wrist and they're walking you through it and telling you about it. And some of those guys are really big, you know, they, those, those videos get hundreds of thousands of views. And so, so we're going to make a big push there. Um, we redesigned our website last year, which I think, you know, really elevates us in terms of just that first impression component and then getting back out there on the road. You know, I told you I did that show in New York in October, the same company who does that show is going to do one in San Francisco in the spring in Chicago over the summer. And then there's various watch collecting groups that have popped up all over the world. Um, I actually started one here in St. Louis about seven or eight years ago when I was still in finance. And so we, we try to go and, and find the ones that we think are the best bang for the buck. So we'll go to Atlanta. Um, Dallas has a good one, Chicago, New York, um, Detroit has a really good one. And so we'll go up there and, you know, meet with 40, 50 guys and, and plop down a thousand bucks on a bar tab and, and let everybody play around with the collection and ask us questions and, and just engage with them. And, uh, you know, hopefully that experience is memorable for them to get out there and, and tell more people about us. I, I, I never miss a chance to have that first person connection with someone so that they can say, Oh, I met the guy who's the co-owner of Monta. You know, hopefully they say good things about me and, and that right. they also like the watches. So, um, so the, 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 the YouTube, the, the social media aspect, and then the, the in-person aspect. Awesome. I'm going to ask this probably a couple of times throughout this episode, but for those who are listening, if they want to go to your website or come into your office and see watches, how can they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, montawatch.com. That's M-O-N-T-A-W-A-T-C-H.com. We've got a big presence on Instagram, and I try to check the comments and direct messages there several times throughout the day. Um, pick up the phone and call us, 314-590-3990 is the direct line here at the St. Louis office. 
it's either going to be me, my business partner or an employee that pick up the phone and um, I'm happy to talk. You know, I, the, the phone seems to ring more and more every day, which is great. And then um, we do ask that you make an appointment uh, to come to the office here just so we can make sure someone's got the time set aside to spend with you. We don't want to, you know, people do show up randomly and usually we can accommodate them, but um, I'd much rather have everything set up and, and give people the full experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about the pandemic. You know, um, as a watch guy myself, I know the pandemic has affected, um, well, it's definitely affected Rolex uh, for sure. Um, and, and other watch companies. How's it affected you? So the pandemic is probably one of my favorite stories to tell for a couple of reasons. Um, so in February of 20, that was our best month ever. And we were on cloud nine. We were feeling you know, like the brand was really taking off. We were feeling good. And I was watching this thing evolve and I kept thinking, gosh, this is, this is not looking good. And by the end of March, you know, we all know what happened and our sales just evaporated. Um, I mean, we, we rarely go maybe two or three days without selling something that's rare. And we went like a week straight, didn't sell anything. And I'll tell you, Brian, it got so bad that I called the CFP board and said, what do I got to do to reinstate my license? You know, I, I had a family to feed. I knew I'd done it once before I could do it again. And I wasn't giving up, but I've, I've always been a planner. So I had to kind of put that into perspective. Like, okay, I, I can, I can do this for like six to 12 months, but if, if this thing is as bad as the media was making it out to be, then I have to have a plan B. And so I'm stuck at home and I've got my camera, I've got my phone and my laptop, and I've got all of our demo models. And I just started taking pictures and I started doing Instagram live videos every day. And I mean, every day for like three weeks straight. And I would reach out to fellow brand owners or big collectors and say, just come on and chat with me, like pour a drink. I know you're stuck at home. I'm stuck at home. Let's just, let's just be with each other virtually for an hour just to take our mind off of the world burning around us. <laughs> and so I think in hindsight, that, that really worked. Um, I think that initially there was maybe some sympathy, you know, some people like, man, this guy seems really genuine and honest. And I've always liked these watches. I'm sitting at home. I'm not spending any money. So I've got an extra two grand. I'm going to take a chance. And those people, I called almost every single one of them personally, just to thank them. And when they got the watch, they were like, man, I wish I would have done this a year and a half ago. This thing's amazing. You guys are killing it. And so that kind of uplifted my spirits and kept me going. And we launched a new model called the Noble. And uh, we launched that in August and I don't want to say it saved the brand, but it definitely came along at the right time. And it was our hands down most successful pre-order. And we ended up finishing the year up, like, like way up. And I, I think it was a combination of people, like I said, being stuck at home and that, you know, they aren't traveling. So they had some extra cash. And then also, you know, the guy who was like saving up for a Submariner, but couldn't get it because they're impossible to get. And was like, man, for, two grand, I can get the ocean King and like save $6,000 for, you know, for the $8,000 price or $9,000 price of a Submariner, whatever they are. So that I think also helped us out. And, um, and, and then just the, the watch community rallying around, um, like I said, the Instagram activity picked way up. And, and finally we got really lucky that there was no major breakdown in our supply chain. Now there were times where our suppliers were like, look, we're, we're not in the office. We're not coming back to the office. And, and I will admit we got very lucky that we got a big shipment of bracelets, like in February or March, like right before the, you know, what hit the fan. Yeah. So that saved us because you can't sell a watch 
just by itself. You got to have a bracelet to put it on. So, right. <laughs> so we got, we got lucky there and knock on wood, we've, we've maintained uh, inventory pretty well uh, ever since then. That's awesome. Well, yeah, cool story that you guys finished like you did, but I can only imagine, um, you know, that position that you were in, in February of, you know, 2020. Um, yeah. yeah. I've never seen something go from so good to so bad to so good again in such a short amount of time. And I will candidly admit, you know, they like in interview questions or even some podcasts like this, if they're, you know, wanting to do like a rapid fire, like when was the last time you cried? Last time I cried was like early April, 2020. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. it vividly. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was by this, that was my, my breaking point. It was desperate. And then lo and behold, they always say it's darkest right before dawn and it, it turned around. Yeah. Well, I'm very, very happy for you that it turned around. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, let's move quarter kind of into like the leadership styles that you have. So talk to me a little about your leadership style. You've got a pretty extensive background, like even, even beyond, you know, Monta watches. I know, I know that you have uh, done some finance with the post. Um, I saw that on your LinkedIn yeah. page. Proud owner uh, of the post sports bar and grill co-owner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, um, actually, I think I know one of your business partners that somehow, um, um, but I, his name is escaping me currently off the top of my head, but um, maybe Zach Schaefer. He's the, um, dark hair, uh, always um, used to be in the creep core one location. Oh, all the Dave's time. and Dejas. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, a yeah. good friend, really good friend of mine. His name's Kip Ramsey. Um, okay. and, uh, him and him and Kip are really good friends. And we went to a Cardinals game one time and had a blast together. And then I would see him in the post cause my office is right in creep core. And I go there probably once a week for lunch. Okay. And, uh, um, so yeah, I know him, I, I, you know, know him well enough to say hi to him, I guess I should yeah, say, but sure. Talk to us about your leadership style and how you're able to lead not in, in all the endeavors you've been able to do. So um, I would say that my leadership style stems from what I've observed over my professional life and always making sure I rectify the things I didn't like. You know, like when I was in a position where I had a leader and the things that I'm like, ah, I don't like how they did that. That always sticks with me to make sure that I don't do that. Um, we only have really one non-owner employee here at Monta. And so it's, it's pretty easy because there's a lot of one-on-one. It's not like I have a big team, Sure, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm open, I'm honest, um, you know, try to always think about the other person and maybe as I've, I've gotten older, it's helped me a little bit and being a parent and having that perspective. But, uh, just, just regular communication, checking in, uh, thinking about, you know, how, how I'm acting towards them, that that's always in the back of my mind and maybe a little too much because maybe it it takes some focus away, but, um, and then, then leading by example too, you know, I don't really have anything revolutionary to say in that regard, but, um, you know, if if you expect your employees to get to the office at nine o'clock, then you better be there by nine o'clock and, um, and then taking good care of them, you know, like looking at, uh, Christmas coming up here, want to, want to get them something nice, but because they've done a good job all year long. And, uh, and regular reviews, we do, a you know, every six months we do a review and, uh, and try to get them to open up about, about me, you know, like how, is, is there anything I can be doing better to help you and, uh, and, and keeping that openness. I, I think the, the open, never letting the employee feel like they can't ask a question or make a suggestion, um, and, and kind of tell you how they really feel. Um, you know, I, I, I try to look at it like a friendship, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't lie to your friend. You wouldn't want to lie to your employee. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. All good, all good styles of, of an examples from a good leader. Mm-hmm. Tell me this, you know, if you look back um, at your life, I guess you could say, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? I guess I would say, don't be afraid to surprise yourself. And what I, what I mean by that is I think that's something that I'm very proud of uh, right now is that, you know, I surprised myself numerous times along the way, whether it's uh, getting married, having kids, um, like passing the CFP board designation, um, even going back to high school, like eighth grade year, I rode the bench in basketball. I always loved playing basketball. I thought I was good enough and just busted my butt that summer before freshman year, went to a couple camps and ended up starting on the, the freshman basketball team. And that, that was a huge surprise to me. Um, having the, the courage and the audacity to, to quit the sure thing in finance and come do this, um, you know, surviving the pandemic. And uh, so now after going through all that, um, I'm, I'm thinking now like, okay, what, what's my next surprise going to be? And for the first <laughs> time I'm, I'm looking for, I'm actively looking for it. And now I know that I can have the courage to do that. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, that may be a kind of an unconventional answer to your question, but I, but I think oh. that's it. No, absolutely. Well, and I, I, my guess is you'll be surprised at the continued growth of your watch brand. I mean, um, yeah. you guys are doing a great job here uh, in St. Louis, you know, I didn't, you know, full disclosure, I didn't, I never had heard of you until Zach had introduced us. And now I, I follow you on Instagram and right. um, I think you guys do a really good job. Yeah. Well, we, we got to get uh, me you and Zach got to grab lunch at the post. Uh, uh, absolutely. Soon. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Justin, I always end this podcast by asking my guests to leave us with a piece of advice. So whether that be on life in general, or whether that be on business, what could you leave us with today? Um, I think it applies uh, for all of the above. And um, in a, another shout out to my mom and dad, uh, listen to, if you listen to your heart and use your head, you'll never be wrong. And, and you can interpret that however you want. But when it comes down to those big, tough decisions, you know, don't let your ego get in the way. Don't hurt people close to you, even if it's something that you don't want to do. Um, but I, I think if you do that, you're, you're not going to have many regrets in life. So say that one more time, because I thought that was really good. If you listen to your heart and use your head, you'll never be wrong. I love that. I love yeah. that. Justin, on behalf of myself and the STLers podcast, I appreciate what you're doing here in St. Louis, being a great STL leader and coming on my show today to share not only your watch brand, but kind of your your life lessons that you've learned kind of in, over your career. And I um, appreciate you joining me today. Thank you, Brian. I, I love doing this kind of stuff and really appreciate you having me on. And I look forward to uh, to getting together soon.